Oh, thank you, Jesus. I've got a word this morning. It's bubbling. Um, you know when your wife looks at you and says, you should preach on this. You know you should preach on this. <laughs> and then you show up at church late because your daughter's sick and everything's just not going quite according to plan, both in your life and in uh, ministry and, and the day and everything is not going according to plan. And the message I'm preaching on is basically God's detours and God's delays. And, um, and we have this beautiful missionary come and stand and share about how it's just not gone according to plan. And I go, hmm, I think my wife was under something a few days ago when she said I should preach on Paul's uh, missionary journey to Rome. So I've called, uh, we'll see if we can get this, this up. I've called today, uh, today's message, the God of the squiggly red line. The God of the squiggly red line. You'll see behind me Paul's missionary journey to Rome. You might say missionary journey, Andrew. He was a prisoner. He was sent to Rome. But it was a missionary journey. And uh, I'd like us to pray. And I've literally just come from home while Joyce was leading worship because our daughter was sick. And then the kids sat in the car. Joyce got off the platform. That was my beautiful wife leading. And, um, and then we tag team. So I haven't been here, but I did catch the end of that word as well. And I think we will also see the beauty of God in the discomfort today as well. But let me pray, and I'll try and actually be in the building. Um, we're good? Hallelujah. So, um, oh, and by the way, Andrew, and uh, there you go, because yes, there are some visitors here. Um, let's pray. Jesus, oh, you're so good. Father, we ask that you'd move today. We ask, God, that you would impact every single person that has gathered here today. We pray, Lord God, that you would remind us of your goodness. Remind us of your faithfulness. Remind us that when things don't feel like they're going according to our plans, you are in control and you are moving and you have got a plan and a purpose for every one of our lives. You've got a plan and a purpose for this church. And I declare in Jesus' mighty name that today will be a mighty day of victory, a mighty day of breakthrough for every single person that has gathered here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I've had a song on repeat lately. Um, I'll give you some context for the song. So my wife and I are missionary evangelists ourselves. So I don't have a job per se. Um, I actually have no idea how I pay my bills, but I do. And uh, if I ever have to pay taxes, I'll pay them as well. Um, but it's, it, it's a wild journey. And whenever the Lord calls us somewhere, we go. In the last little while, we've had machine guns going off near us. We've had uh, swords pulled on us. We've been surrounded. And our vans rocked and smashed. We've had um, times where we've had no money and times where we've had a lot of money. We've led Muslims to the Lord. We've led atheists to the Lord. We've had people tell us to leave them alone in, with colourful language as we approach them on the street. Uh, we've had all sorts of ups and downs. 
And I know that God has called me to evangelism. I know that God has called me to see revival. I do believe we'll see the stadiums filled again in Australia. I do believe that we'll see for the gospel. I do believe that we'll see an incredible harvest all across the world in this hour. Um, But as Liam said, what matters most is actually Jesus because all of that comes out of that. And I do believe that I will go from glory to glory in my walk with the Lord. I do believe that I will get to know Jesus more and more every single day and that I'm just going to fall head over heels in love with him more and more every day. But I'm telling you, sometimes you feel like things, you feel like I feel, I'm just going to say me, and you can insert yourself into my story if you like, I feel crazy. (laughs) I don't know, I don't know if you feel like, what sort of a man has three children and a wife to look after and doesn't take a job because the Lord has not released me to take a job at this stage? Now, my other evangelist friends correct me at this point and they say, you're not allowed to say that, Andrew. You do have a job, it just doesn't have a regular paycheck. I'm like, yes, so a different job. What sort of a man doesn't choose a different job when you've got a wife and kids? What sort of a person would go, you know, just jump on planes and walk up to strangers? And, and what? sometimes I just think I'm crazy. Do you know what I did this morning? So I'll tell you what I did. So the ministry that, we're work, that I'm volunteering with at the moment is called Christ for All Nations. And they've got a bit of a crisis happening. I can't give any details, but what I can tell you is there's a bit of a, a crisis happening for the ministry at the moment. Well, I decided to volunteer in the pastoral care team. So looking after people and making sure everyone's okay. So I spent this morning booking flights to Orlando on Tuesday. So this morning while you were, you were here... I was, got a request last night, can you get to Orlando by Thursday at 9am for an emergency meeting? And that's what I spent my morning doing. And I'm going, we don't have the money. And I don't know how this is going to work for my wife. We're in the middle of selling our house. And what if some refugees, we were going to have refugees come and stay. They haven't yet. But what? And you just go, but the Lord leads and you go. And I share all of this to give context. This is my world. And I just believe maybe some of us need a shake-up in our worlds as well. And I'm no saint, trust me. Sometimes I'm like, I just think, what, how does God use me? But what if the Lord asked you to give an outrageous amount of money? What if the Lord asked you to get on a plane? What if the Lord asked you to go across the street and knock on your neighbor's door? What if the Lord... Would we respond like that? Are we ready to be uncomfortable for the Lord? And sometimes we're just so scared, what if God doesn't catch me? There's this song that's been on repeat. If I fall, will you catch me? If I get lost, will you find me? I feel afraid of leaving what's safe, but I can't stay here. If I fall, will you catch me? If I walk through the doorway and the look on their faces says I'm crazy, well, I'm learning that risks feel like mistakes, but isn't that called faith? And if I fall, will you catch me? If I fall, will you catch me? Sometimes the valley just looks too low and sometimes the mountain looks too high. There must be more than what I'm seeing. How can I know if I don't try? And if I fall, will you catch me? If I get lost, will you find me? And what if the doors all close and lock and I find out I was chasing a mirage, wondering if I even heard you at all? What if the cost is too high to pay? 
I'd rather you take the cup away. I second guess if the choice I made was worth it. Now listen. But what if heaven is cheering me on? And David's pleading, sing your song. And Mary's shouting, waste it all. He's worth it. Oh yes, you will catch me. You will catch me. I know you will catch me. And the Lord is calling some of us. There's dreams on our hearts. There's things that he's asked us to step into. And we're wondering if he'll catch us. And we're wondering what happens if there's a delay. What if there's a detour? What if we run out of money? What if the car breaks down on the way? What if, what if, what if? I'm here to tell you. There is something that gets the attention of heaven, and it is faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. What if God is calling you to step out? What if he will catch you? Because I'm telling you, he will. So Paul has this dream in his heart. If you're familiar with Paul, he's an incredible lover of Jesus. He's been redeemed from so much evil and sin and he longs to preach the gospel and it says here in Romans chapter 1 Paul's writing a letter to the Romans to the church in Rome and he says in Romans chapter 1 verse 11 I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith both yours and mine I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters. I've often intended to come to you, but thus far I've been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest amongst you, as well as amongst the rest of the Gentiles. I'm under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Can you hear the heart cry of a man? He's longing to go to Rome. He wants to preach the gospel there. He wants to see a harvest there. He's got a God-given dream. Some of us have a God-given dream on the inside. And it might not be to preach the gospel in a foreign land. It might be to forgive someone that God's put his hand on you today saying you've got to forgive that person. For some of you, it's a stepping out. You know what it is. This is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. I share my story and you go... Oh my gosh, that applies to me and my dad. Oh, that, that applies to me and my neighbor. That, the Holy Spirit will convict today. But I'm telling you, you've got to know he's good. You've got to know he is on the throne. So Paul has this, this holy longing to go to Rome. He longs to preach the gospel in Rome. But how on earth is he going to get there? It says that again and again he tried, but he was... Hindered. He wasn't able to get there. Well, how about, I don't know, he upsets a bunch of people, preaches the gospel, becomes a prisoner, and then gets sent to Rome as a prisoner. Probably wasn't his way of working this one out. You know, sometimes we have a dream and a desire, and we know how we're going to get there. And it is going to be from A to B. And the Lord says, oh, I'd quite like to teach you a few things on the journey. 
I'd quite like to use you in some other ways along the way. So how about we go A to A.1 to A.2 to A.3 to A.4 to A.5 to A.7, A.23, and then eventually you'll get to B. And we go, I don't like that. That requires too much faith. I'm going to have to trust the Lord when I'm feeling like I'm on a detour, when I feel like I'm on a delay. I don't like that. But I'm telling you, friends, our God is good. Our God is on the throne. And no matter where you find yourself, I'm telling you, he's with you. He's good. He's in control. Somebody here needs to hear this today, that God is with you, that he's good, that he's in control. And you might feel like you're just mad. You might feel like this is just crazy. But what if crazy to the world is faith to God and it gets the attention of heaven and he goes, yes, come on, 4 a.m. quiet time, woo, yeah. Oh, forgiving that person, yes. Blessing that person financially, come on. Wow, stepping out in faith and believing for miracle healing, yeah, come on. Oh, starting a drop-in center for the homeless, yeah, you can do this. Reaching the youth of Lilydale, come on. What if your craziness is actually faith to God and he'll breathe on it and he'll bless it? I'm telling you, he's calling some people to step out today. I hope this is okay. So Paul, let's have a look at his journey to Rome. You might not be able to read that. I read it before the service, so I know what it says. So he takes off. We'll go here. So when it was decided that we should sail for Italy... They delivered Paul and some of the other prisoners to a centurion, this is Acts 27, of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And he starts this journey to Rome that he's longed to go on. He has longed to see the Roman church and to preach the gospel there to both the the church and those that don't yet know God. And it says here in the first box on the bottom right, you'll see it says, Paul sent to Rome to appeal to Caesar. Then up he goes. It says he changes to a larger grain ship. Then he goes along. Can you see how undirect this route is? He's going from ship to ship, stopping place to place because there were storms. It says here in verse 4, the winds were against us. It says in verse 7, we sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty. It says in verse 8, we were coasting along with difficulty. It says in verse 9, since much time had passed, the voyage was now dangerous. It says in verse 11, that even when Paul's trying to speak up to make things go a little smoother, the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Are you getting the picture? He's cruising along, the winds are against him, things are difficult. They're going from port to port that they really don't need to go to. It's not that difficult to get to Rome, but they're off on the squiggly red line. And he's going, here I am. And oh, okay, we're over here now. Okay, I just want to get to Rome. But wait, there's more. I love this. It says that they struck a reef in verse 41 and they ran the vessel aground. So now he's shipwrecked. It says in 42 that the soldiers planned to kill him. Awesome, I love that. Wow, okay. But I want you to hear what else is happening on the squiggly red line. 
Because we serve a God of the squiggly red line. When you're on the squiggly red line and you'd like to be on the direct, straight, black and white one, just here we go. You need to know that God is with you. Because it says in verse 43, but the centurion wishing to save Paul kept them from carrying out their plan. It says that when Paul was on Malta, the native people showed, it says in scripture here, unusual kindness. Unusual kindness. He had the favor of the locals. It says that a viper came out and bit his hand. That's a bad day. I mean, my daughter being sick, that's not fun today. You know, having to rearrange all my plans in like less than 24 hours, that's not a whole lot of fun. But getting bitten by a viper, that's like, no, thank you. He gets bitten by a viper. It fastens onto his hand. But he actually lives. He actually lives. It says in verse 6, they were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they'd waited a long time, how would you like that? What are you all doing here today? Just waiting. Any minute now, he's going to blow up and die. (laughs) When they'd waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said, he must be a god. It says that the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us, entertained us hospitably for three days. And Paul was able to pray for many sick people and they were healed. It says after three months, they arrived in Rome. And guess what happened when Paul finally got to Rome? I love this. It says that in verse 23 of of chapter 28, they appointed a day for him. They came to him at his lodging in great numbers. And from morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God. It says in verse 28, Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. And he lived there for two whole years at his own expense. He welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Here we have Paul. Oh, oh, I long to go to Rome. Oh, I want to preach the gospel in Rome. Then what am I doing? I'm shipwrecked. I'm bitten by a viper. I'm... There's difficulty, the wind's coming against us. I mean, how am I ever going to see my heart's desire? Finally, I'm going to Rome and I'm shipwrecked. And I'm a prisoner and they want to kill me. And yet God provides again and again. He's faithful again and again. He is on the throne and we feel like we're on a detour. We feel like we're delayed. We feel like we are off in Malta and we should be in Rome. But I want to encourage you, God has got a plan. God is on the throne. God has not left you and he has not abandoned you. I don't know your circumstances or your situation, but I know there are people here 
just because of the size of the room, you're believing for children to come back to the Lord. I know there are people here and you're believing for divine healing. I know there are people here, you're believing for people to get saved. I know there's people here that are believing for revival for our region. I know there are people here that are believing for marriages to be restored. We've got all sorts of God-given dreams. And I want to encourage you, if you feel like you're off on the squiggly red line, you may very well be right where the Lord wants you. Because sometimes the Lord cares more about what you're, how you're going to grow in the process than he does about how quickly you get to the destination. Let me say that again. Sometimes God cares more about how you're going to grow in the process than he does about how quickly you get to the destination. My friends, Israel entered the promised land via the wilderness. They had some lessons to learn. Joseph became Pharaoh's 2IC via the bottom of a well and a prison. He had some lessons to learn and some people to minister to. Abraham became the father of nations via an altar where he was potentially, he was being asked to sacrifice his son. I mean, could you think of a greater detour? This is not going to help the whole father of nations things, God. Jesus returned to the throne via the cross. He was lifted up via the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he never, may not have been able to look on sin in that moment. But our God is always faithful. He's always there. He is not abandoning you. One of my favorite, I'm going to wrap up with this. Are we good? We good? Sometimes I just never know. It's the frozen chosen. No. Uh, I don't know whether I'm going to get stoned or whether, you know, the Lord's doing a work in your life. Some of you I can tell because you get a little teary-eyed. I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. You're on it. <laughs> One of my favorite people in the Bible who's on a detour and who surely would have been like, what is happening, is Elijah. Elijah confronts Ahab, says, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain, because Ahab was an evil king. And the next thing you know, Elijah's sitting by a creek. Creek's drying up. His only meals are by Uber Eats Raven style. (laughs) Ravens are delivering him his meals. Can you just, I just want you to picture the helplessness. Picture the dependence on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Picture it. If the raven doesn't come tonight, I die. If the raven doesn't come in the morning, I die. If my God is not good and he's not faithful, it ends by this river. And yet, the raven came and came and came. And when it was time to move, God warned him, said, time to move. I've prepared a widow. She'll feed you. 
and the miracles came and came and came and came. And then Elijah stands. It's like he learnt with the raven what he needed before the devil. And he stood on the mountain. And he was there with the prophets of Baal. He was there with all of these sorcerers, all of these evil ones that were armed with knives. We know because they were cutting themselves. They were armed. They were dangerous. And he said, my God is God. He will send the fire. Your God is not God. My God is God. I know this because he fed me. He doesn't say this, but you can picture. He's got it tattooed on his heart. He fed me every day by the river. The, the flour and the oil, it didn't run out with the widow. I know my God will provide. I know my God will call down fire. And fire falls on the sacrifice. And then the rain comes and drenches the land. And then Elijah, I mean, just to top it all off, he's taken up into heaven by chariots of fire. And yet he could have thrown it all away down by that river. Oh, it's too hard. I'm off on the squiggly red line. This is not going to plan. I'm done. I'm out. Abort. But he waits and he waits. Even as the river dries up, he will not move because God has not spoken, but when God speaks, he goes. I don't know if I'm speaking to anyone today, if anyone's listening to the sound of my voice, if it's penetrating, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that he is good, that he is with you, that he is on the throne, and you just need to wait. Wait on the Lord, listen to the Lord, and respond as he leads you. And I believe the fire of God will fall on your life. I believe the glory of God will take you to new heights. I believe that you will, you will actually, I mean... I don't know why we discount ourselves. What if the Lord wants to do something with us like he did with Elijah? What if there's someone in this room that's not even going to see death because God's going to call you up? I mean, anything's possible. I love it. I love the goodness of God. Don't discount yourself. He wants to pour out his spirit. He wants to show you his glory. And he wants to take you to where he has promised you. He will finish what he started. What is the cry on your heart this morning? I'm telling you right now. God knows it because he put it on your heart. He put it on your heart. And he wouldn't put it on your heart to torture you. He put it on your heart to say, come on, where's your faith? Step in, lean in, wait on me. I've got it. I've got it here for you. Partner with me. Co-labor with me. We're going together. Come on. He's so good. <sighs> Hallelujah. So, Joyce said this. Um, I don't know why I'm so emotional this morning. <laughs> Can I share something as well with you? Because a lot of you have been involved in Joyce and my journey. Like this morning, I'm sitting on the bed. I'm just being super vulnerable with you. And I'm like, Lord, I'm booking these flights and we just can't afford them right now. Like, But Joyce and I spent all of yesterday down at Warrandyte by the river and we just, we just felt the Lord say, you've got to lean in and support these guys in this crisis. So, so we're going to go, I'll, I'll go for two weeks. But I'm sitting on my bed this morning. I said, Lord, I, I, I can't do this. 
I'm just not a, a man of means. <laughs> and he says, James chapter 2, remember. Remember how I spoke to you in James chapter 2. And so he took me back to James chapter 2 and it says here in verse 5, Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? And I'm sitting on the bed, I'm going, God, God, I don't have much, but I got faith. I got faith. And I don't know what the Lord's asking you to do right now, and you might feel like you got nothing. But I'm telling you, if you have faith, you might feel like you're being led like a prisoner onto a ship. But there's something in you that says, I'm going to make it to Rome. I'm going to make it. I'm going to preach the gospel. There's something in you that says, I'm going to, I'm, he's going to take me to the promised land. He's going to, I'm going to see the fire and the glory of God. I'm going to be a father of nations. There's something in you that knows. And it's this, the voice of God, the goodness of God will back you every time. Have faith, my friend. Have faith in the goodness of God. Have faith in the mercy of God. He's with you. He's for you. He's with your family. He's for you. So right now, my wife said this. She said, what if people aren't even on the map? I was like, hmm, valid point. She's like, some of them are like Egypt down there. They're like down at Alexandria. They're not even on the journey. To you, I would say, just get back on the horse. Maybe you're here today and you've walked away from God. Maybe you're feeling far from God. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with God. But you know you need to give your life to Jesus. And you need to get back on the journey that he's called you to do. If you're here and you've walked away from God, or you're, you're not in relationship with God, but you want that relationship with God. Maybe you're just, you know you're not living the way he's called you to live. And he's saying, come home. If that's you right now, would you just stand right where you are? Just stand, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for another group in, in a moment. But there might be someone here and you say, I'm just, I'm off. And I need to come home. If that's you, just stand right now. That's awesome. So good. Is there anyone else that would say, that's me, Andrew. I just know that I need to get things right with God right now. This is Holy Spirit. Now, let me say, a lot of people do the eyes closed, don't look around, but I just go, if you can't stand for God in the church, what hope do you have in the world? You don't want accountability, we'll all close our eyes. You don't want to be challenged, that's fine. But I'm going up to Yoshi at the end of the service, I'm saying, what's the Lord doing in your heart, bro? Why are you standing? What's going on? I'm here for you, I want to cheer you on. What do you need? If you're here and you say, I need to get right with God, stand right now. Maybe you're here and you'd say, I'm on the red line. I actually still believe there's at least one person that needs to stand to get right with God, but you can slip into the next crowd if you need to or whatever. It's all good. But I don't push. God doesn't. But gee, he invites you. Oh, and when you respond, it's the best thing you'll ever do. So there's another group in the room and you're on the red line and you just need... I just feel like there's a surrender in the room, a surrender to the goodness of God. There's a, there's a declaration of God, I trust you. God, I trust you. 
I trust you. And a holding on to the Lord. Maybe you're here and you, and you just need to, you actually need to repent of unbelief. Like, you need to repent of, of not trusting Him. And the Lord's saying, just, just declare it today that you trust. You know, sometimes it's not sin, it's just unhelpful. And there are people here, the Lord is saying, I want you to live your life to the full because I gave you this life. And there are things holding you back. And, you, and he's saying, I want you to run, I want you to fly. I want you to soar with me. But you, you can't take unbelief with you. You can't take... You can't take a lack of vision and purpose with you. You've actually got to grab hold of the promise of God again. And you've got to chase after all that God has spoken over your life. And he will be with you every step of the way. So if you're here today and, um, and you would say, Lord, I just want to, it's like, I just want to reaffirm to you that I trust you and I just, I want to stand in the promise of God. For some of you, it's even, I, want, I need to repent for my unbelief. I just believe he's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to minister to you. I want to invite you in this moment just to slip out of your seat. Maybe you want to come to the front. Maybe you want to stay where you are. But if you're able to, and I know not everyone's able to, but if you're able to, just kneel right now in the presence of God and just hand it over to Him. Maybe you can't kneel, but maybe you can bow your head, lift your hearts and surrender to God. God, I believe, help my unbelief. I know that you're good. I know that you're leading us. I know that you're faithful. And I declare the goodness of God in the land of the living right here. In this room, I declare the goodness of God over families, over marriages, over children, over the dreams that God has put in your hearts, over the dreams God has put in the heart of this church to be a well for those to come, to be a place of worship and prayer, to be a mighty space for the kingdom of God. I just declare that we will see the promises of God come to pass. And I thank you, God, that you'll use us in the detours. I thank you, Lord God, you're going to use Liz in this detour, in this delay. You're going to use her in Australia. People's lives are going to be impacted. They're going to be rocked for the kingdom. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to use Joyce even in these, these weeks without me. I thank you, God, that you've got a plan for her. 
I thank you, God, you got a plan for me. I thank you, God, you got a plan for Liam and Shen. You know what you're doing with this church. You know where you're taking us. I thank you, Lord God, you're faithful. I thank you that you'll lead us through. Just begin to cry out to God in this moment. Tell him you trust him. Tell him you love him. Respond to him. This is not about me. It's not about the person on your left or your right. This is a holy moment between you and God. And say, God, I trust you. I'll follow you. You've got me. And maybe he's asking you to step out, step out. Make your commitment right now before, before the Lord. Say, God, I'm going to do it. You've been knocking on my heart. I'm going to do it. Have your way, God. Have your way. Have your way.